In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the year was about 550 B.C., give or take a few. And a king, I wouldn't call him a great king by any means. His uh, grandfather had been a great king. This king's name was Belshazzar. His grandfather was King Nebuchadnezzar, the king who had conquered Judah and had taken Judah captive. And uh, Belshazzar was reigning. He was probably a co-regent, maybe with his father. It's hard to put all this together. But one day, he decided to have a banquet. Now, Belshazzar is king of perhaps the most opulent capital city that has ever existed in all history, certainly one of them. Gold everywhere, many, many temples, over a hundred. Gold everywhere, and in the palace, gold everywhere. And he threw this banquet, and he had a thousand of his nobles there, plus his wives, <coughs> his concubines, and his sort of wives, and perhaps the wives of many of the nobles. And they were celebrating, and they got plastered. They got drunk. And Belshazzar, no doubt, was drunk, and he had a great idea. He said, let's go to the treasury, and let's get those golden vessels, goblets and uh, piece, things for worship, that Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem when he conquered Judah. And these had been in the treasury in Babylon for many, many years, not quite 70, but getting close to that. So Belshazzar orders that these goblets, these golden vessels be taken out and that they drink their wine or their booze out of them. He should not have done it. Because moments later, drunk as he may be, he looks up and he sees the back of a man's hand writing on the wall. That is a tad unusual. And he sees the words, but he doesn't know what they mean. So he calls all his soothsayers and his conjurers and his magicians, and he says, tell me what it means. And they say, we don't know. About that time, the queen walks in, and she says, there's an old man. I love old men. An old man, she says, there's an old man that your grandfather and your father knew. He knows this kind of thing. His name's Daniel. So Daniel is called in. And the king says, what does it say? And I can't take the time. It's one of the most fun stories in the whole Bible, not fun for Belshazzar. But Daniel interprets the writing. The writing is meany, meany, tekel, upharsin. That's the writing on the wall. Now, everybody can see the words, but they don't know what they mean. And Daniel says, 
you're going to lose your kingdom. You wear weight in your balance, weight in the balances, and you are found wanting. You lack. You haven't measured up. You're going to, and tonight, you're going to lose your kingdom, and it's going to be divided. And it happened. He did something really bad. Now, would it have happened anyway? I mean, lose the kingdom because the Medes and the Persians broke through the wall that night and they conquered it. Now, you don't mess around with holy things. That was his mistake. You don't take a holy chalice and drink your booze out of it. My homily today is on holy things. It's on designated space, designated things, stuff, and holy people. This homily started about a month ago. When you only do a homily every so often, it takes, you, you have the luxury lots of time. And I'll tell you where it started. It started during one of the litanies when the deacon said, for this holy house and those who with faith, reverence, and the fear of God enter therein. And I said to myself, "Why? Well, I got to think about that. What does that mean? That's where this homily started. And honestly, I'm only giving some preliminary thoughts because I've been working on this for a month. But I've only just touched lightly the surface. But I do want to talk to you about holy things, holy places, and holy people. Now, let's take the word holy for a minute. The holy literally means, the word holy means to set apart. And the way we mean it is to set something some thing, some place, uh, some object, an uh, icon to set something apart for God. Now, God's holy. And we don't set him apart because he's already holy. But we, we take an icon, and we, the, the, the iconographer paints the icon, or, or, you know, we guess not paint, but writes the icon, and then brings it. It's because it's not holy yet. And the priest takes some holy water, and he sprinkles it on that icon, and this icon is blessed by the sprinkling of the holy, this holy water and by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that icon is set apart. Now, the, the word holy, it's an interesting word in, 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 uh, in Greek, uh, and you'll see this on many of the icons in here, which are all holy things. Uh, in Greek, you'll see the word ayos. And you hear us sometimes sing the Trisagion. Ayos, Otheos, Ayos, Iskiros, Ayos, Thanatos, Leisanimos. And uh, the word Ayos, it's an interesting word. Uh, a, a lot of New Agers and a lot of people even who, and I don't, this is not a political statement, who are interested in the environment. The word Gaia is a big word. What does the word Gaia mean? And some of you know. What does it mean? It means Earth means earth. What does ayos mean? It means not of earth. That's what ayos means. Ah, it's the negative. Ayos, not of earth. That's holy, holy things. Now, uh, we need these. Why, why do we have holy things? Hang on. 
holy things are a gift. They're a gift. They're a gift to us. They're to help us. They're to help us in our worship. They're to help us in our prayers. They're to help us in, in our walk with God. They are given to us. They're special. They are not, two words now, two words, they are not common and they are not profane. Now, there's not anything wrong with many things that are common. That's okay. But they ain't holy. There's a difference between something that is just common and holy. Okay, now, uh, holy, set apart for God, set apart as gifts for us. Now, I started looking at uh, the services, the service book, and uh, the, the wonders of technology made this so easy. I took the liturgy, the copy, essentially, that you have in your hand, actually the red book, you know, the Antiochian red book, and the copy of Matin. I mean the copy that we all have in our hands, okay? Not the clergy's copy, everybody's copy. This morning, this is astonishing. This morning, there have been 209 times that the word holy was used in the, either the text of the liturgy or the service or in what we call the rubrics, that is the instructions, uh, the stuff in red, that's what rubrics mean. It's, the word rubrics just means red. And in many texts, the, the, the instructions are in red, so we call them rubrics, but then sometimes they're not in red, they're still rubrics. 209 times. I'm going to give you some. Uh, now, one time it's sanctify us, you know what sanctify us means? It means holify by this. It means to be holified. To sanctify is to holify. This is the Latin instead of the, of the Greek. Okay, so just to give you a few, uh, by the way, here we, this is very important. Now, many of those 209 are like holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal. Now, we worship holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal. We worship the Holy Trinity. <clears throat> There's many references. It, it, well, many of the holies are going to be here to our most holy Theotokos. We do not worship her. There was a tiny slip of the tongue. Uh, well, it wasn't tiny, but a slip of the tongue in Matin, <coughs> uh, where, uh, in case some of you are visiting, we do not worship uh, the Theotokos. But we surely do honor her, and we deal with propriety with everything holy. Everything. In my home, where I grew up, nothing was ever put on top of a Bible. And in my home, I never put anything on top of a Bible. I can't help it. When that's what you grew up with, it's just ingrained in you. I can't put another book on top of a Bible. Why? Because it's the, talk to me, the Holy Bible. Now, holy things, there are, you know, there's a, I don't like this word, but I can't think of anything else. There's a pecking order. Some stuff's more holier than others, more special than others. But 
Here's just some examples. Uh, the icons, the holy icons. But, okay, this holy house, holy churches, holy gospel, holy doors, holy day, holy prophets. I love this one. Holy smoke. That's where the, that's where the expression comes from. Did you know that? That's where the expression holy smoke comes from, from incense. Incense is holy smoke. It's special. It's a gift. What does holy incense say to you? I'll tell you what it says to me. It's time to pray. It's time to sober up. We're going to get, we're going to pray. We're going to worship. Okay, holy, where was I? Uh, holy smoke. Holy chalice. Holy gift. Holy oblation, holy things. The holy things are for the holy. Holy mysteries, holy and immaculate body, holy body and blood, holy communion, holy disciples and apostles, holy bread, holy mother, holy martyrs, holy ancestors of God, most holy Theotokos, plus holy music, holy pictures, and holy words. All of those are in the text except the last three. And by the way, and I don't apologize for this at all, you're listening to holy words. Because when the priest gives the homily, it ain't a speech. I tried a couple of times in my life to give a speech, and I flunked badly. Terrible one in San Diego. Embarrassing. In front of the chancellor, the vice chancellor of the University of, University of California, San Diego. She was sitting next to me, and I did a horrible speech. I shouldn't have been giving a speech. I'm not a speecher. I'm a preacher. And I've always believed that God's going to speak to you. If I didn't think that, didn't believe it, I wouldn't be up here. I'd sit down there and I'd listen to someone who is speaking for God. All those things, 209 times holy is used in Matin and in the liturgy. Would you think that's kind of important? Does it give a clue that maybe we ought to think about something? And then there's some really interesting examples in the scriptures. For example... A guy named Uzzah. One day they were moving the Ark of the Covenant. The most holy thing in all Israel. The most holy. Where God dwelt between the cherubim. The Shekinah glory. And they had to move it. And they were moving it. And it almost fell. And Uzzah, he was going to save it. And he reached out. And he grabbed it. And he was struck dead. God can take care of his holy stuff. He didn't need Uzzah's help. And Uzzah was struck dead for touching the most holy. Only the high priest even saw it one day a year. Uh, Uzzah made a mistake. Moses at the burning bush. God speaks to him. What's the first part of God's speech? You know the answer, most of you. Take off your shoes. Because the ground 
I mean like D-I-R-T. The stuff that you are standing on is holy. Oh, there's other examples. You could find them all. In fact, I'd just love it if you would work on it. So special are holy things. They help us. Now, hang on. This is the heart of the homily. They help us touch God. They help us touch holy things. They help us understand even holy angels. I left that one out. Holy angels. The holy helps us in our walk. They help us touch God. Do you have a holy place in your home? You should. I've got two in my home. One is in the man cave. And that's special. That's very special. The only thing that happens there is prayer. The only thing. In the dining room, there's a wall. It's an icon wall. I don't do my prayers there. Except one, the blessing of the meal we're going to eat. But very special. You see, these things are all given to us as gifts. Every one of them. You come in here, we're surrounded by the holy, so astonishing. I'll give you one more example because it's so dramatic. There was a king by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. He used in what we, he lived in what we call the intertestamental period between the Old Testament and the New. Oh, maybe about 250 B.C., somewhere around in there. I can't remember. He did a really bad thing. He conquered Jerusalem, because it got conquered a number of times. But he was one of the worst. He went into the temple of God, and he went to the holy altar, and he offered a pig on the altar. You couldn't do anything worse. Jews had nothing to do with pigs. They were not clean. They were not holy, like the ones that went over the cliff. And that is called, what he did, is called the abomination of desolation. And prophecy says it will happen again. We'll wait for that one. So we have these holy things. We need to be careful with what is holy. How can we negate the blessings and benefits of these gifts that God has given us in all of these things I named that we even name in our services. How do we, how can we, can we lose those benefits? Yeah. Now, I love alliterations, and this one isn't a very good one, but inattention, indifference, insensitivity, and impropriety. You know, you can just get indifferent to holy things. I can get indifferent to a Bible. And I was a, when I always carry the Bible with me, I love the Bible on the seat next to me. I still love a Bible on the seat. I understand there's holy things. An icon in your car or an icon wherever you have it. You know, some of you have seen Warner Salmon's Head of Christ. 
And all of you maybe have seen Christ standing at the door of the heart knocking. I met Warner Salmon before he died. I actually preached in his church in Chicago, and I met the man. He painted lovely pictures of a Swedish vineyard. They were really nice. But they weren't holy. They're not holy. They're pictures of Jesus, but they're not holy. That one's holy. Why? It's been set apart. Nothing wrong with Warner Salmon's pictures. They're nice. They're lovely. He did hundreds of times in hundreds of churches. But they're not holy. But we can get indifferent. We can get so indifferent. Inattention. I, I want to dwell just for a moment on impropriety. Sometimes we, well, sometimes, honestly, we're not dressed right for it. Take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. You don't come to the holy with just anything. There's impropriety. I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't talk in here. This is a holy place. This church is a holy place. But you've got to be careful what you talk about. It's okay to say hello, but it's not really okay to say, can we watch the game this afternoon? You see, that's a little different. Oh, I don't want to get legalistic. Be careful what you talk about when you're here because it's like rubbing a callus on your hand. You get insensitive to the holy. At any rate, receive in faith the blessings and benefits of the holy. They will holify you. And one statement in a liturgy will help you for the rest of this liturgy to hang on to the holy. Let us attend, because that's what the let us attend is for, so you don't get insensitive or indifferent or whatever to holy things.